Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. Welcome back to Songwriter Theory, yet another episode. And today... We are talking about ad chords and what they're all about. Uh, so last week, I did a little rant, as I do sometimes, about the importance of music theory. So if you're still here after last week, I hope that means that that means you have bought in to the idea that some music theory is um, about the biggest bang for your buck that you can get. Uh, in in knowledge that will help you with songwriting and as a musician. Uh, so today we are going into ad chords, which of course is part of music theory. Now, to clarify with what I said last week, this is not a part of music theory that I consider one of the four pillars that you absolutely must know. Uh, this goes in that second category where I think it's really helpful to know to have as like a tool in your toolbox that you can take out to understand a little bit uh, that it's there for you to use, uh, for you to experiment with using, and to have some idea of why it might be useful. Um, but this is this is not a part of those four pillars, which are covered in the free guide at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide, all one word, link in the description as always. Um, so for the four pillars, go get that, grab that. And then right now we're going to dive into ad chords. So like I said, learning a new type of chord is kind of like adding a tool to your toolbox. Sure, that Phillips head screwdriver was helpful, but sometimes you need a flathead, right? And some tools aren't necessarily necessary, right? Like a nail gun. A nail gun's not necessarily necessary, right? You can get by doing some projects without a nail gun, but if you're doing trim, how annoyed are you going to be if you don't have a nail gun? Because it's going to take you like five times as long. Right, so that's that's sort of what I mean by a tool in your toolbox. Something that can really just be helpful, can save you some time, uh, is something that you can experiment with and use that can make your song get to the next level, hopefully be even nicer or better. Uh, or like vegetable oil, right? We'll give a we'll give a non-construction example. Uh, you can use vegetable oil, oil for most of your cooking, right? But really, some recipes just need butter, right? Like, if you're making eggs, olive oil would work. Vegetable oil would work. I've never done it with olive oil, I don't think. But vegetable oil would work. But you gotta do it with butter, right? If you're making biscuits, you gotta do that with butter. If you're deep frying something... You can't really do that with olive oil, and you're not going to do that with butter, so you're probably going to use vegetable oil or peanut oil. Uh, what if you're making an Italian dish or, or a Greek dish, right? Maybe you need some oil on top of your hummus or in your hummus. Uh, that's going to be olive oil, right? Or if you're making 
uh, Chinese food like uh, lo mein or, or fried rice or something, the absolutely essential oil you need for that distinct Chinese food flavor, sesame oil. Right, so that's that's, that's kind of why like learning different chords are. Some chords are just better in certain instances, uh, which is why it's important to learn about all the different chords, even if some you decide you generally don't like using and some you do like using. It's still important to know what is out there and understand them. So what is an ad chord? Basically, an ad chord is simply a triad with an added note. So we've covered triads before. If you don't know what triads are, get that free guide, songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. You must have it memorized by now. Uh, it's also a link in the description. That was talk all about triads, um, what they are and how to look at them and why they're useful. Uh, but for the sake of the podcast, very quickly, a triad is generally a chord stacked in thirds. Most things that you think of as chords like C major chord or D minor chord, most of those are triads. If you're looking at guitar, uh, you know, if, if sometimes you have like lyrics and then like the guitar chord, just like the the name of it is above it. So you'll see G and then you'll see A, so you switch to an A chord, and then you see, you know, stuff like that, right? Uh, so if you see just like G or G, M for major or minor, whether it's capital or lowercase respectively, um, you know, stuff like that, those are all triads is what those are. Uh, but if you see like G add 2 or G add 9... That is an ad chord, which means it's a G triad, depending on the key, it might be major or minor, so let's, let's use major. So it might be a G major triad, which is this, G, B, D, so stacked in thirds, right, B, or sorry, G, skip over the A, go to the B, Skip over the C and get that D. So then an add chord is simply adding something to that. So maybe you add a two, right? So now you have all these three in the triad, but also the added because I forgot what chord we were doing for a second. It was a G. So an add two in a G, right, would be adding an A. How do we know that? Well, we have the notes. You know, as musicians, we probably think of it C, D, E, F, G, A, B, right? Um, now, normally in the alphabet, we look at it as A, B, C, but um, the point is that A is the note after G, and we know, <clears throat> well, we don't know this, but let's say we're in the key of C or the key of G, both major, key of G major, key of C major, we'll say, um, and we know that in that case, we have the note A in that key. Uh, again, if you don't know why we know that, download the free guide. It's free. 
um, because I will explain all of that. All of this, all all of the things that I take for granted that you know is because I'm assuming you've downloaded that guide because it's free and it gives you the four absolute things you need to know about music theory. So if you haven't, just grab it. Don't be annoyed at me that I'm saying stuff that doesn't make sense because there's a free guide that I provided for you that will make it all make sense. So go get go get go get the guide if you're confused. Um, because I I try to explain it so that any podcast you can you can understand, uh, no matter what your music theory background. But some of this, it's just I mean, it, it will take an hour and a half if I have to re-explain what a triad is every time. And then for all of those that did go out and get the free guide already and know that they're going to be bored out of their minds. Um, and if they've been following with me for long enough and they've been <clears throat> and they took advantage of the free guide. Uh, I definitely do not want those people to be bored. So that is why I try to graze over it at best or just say, hey, hope you know that. Um, so anyway, so with our, our G major add two example, we're adding the A because from a G major chord, right? We have the G, which is the first, right? Because the first is always the note you start with. So that's the G itself. And then... We have a three, because triads, thirds. B is the next one, and then another third to D, which is a fifth from G, right? Because if we go up a third and up another third, we have a fifth. So we have a first, third, and fifth. So an add two adds a second, which is not the first, but the second. Right, so if we have an add six chord, we have that fifth. Sixth is the next note. Right? If we have an add four chord, one, three, five. The one in between the three and the five would be the four, right? G, ma G major, add four chord. So, <coughs> that's what an add chord is. It's just adding a note to the triad. Really simple, right? So we went over suspended notes before, or sorry, suspended chords before, um, which in my opinion are the more useful sibling of the add chord. Um, uh, I don't know if I should say more useful. Uh, more easy to use, more practical. More, more beginners can easily do this and make it work, I guess. Um, because it still maintains three notes, right? Because with the suspended chord, right, we said that we were suspending the third in order to add a note, right? So we had, we had, we had sus two, which, so here's a C major chord, right? And sus two meant take out that third and just keep the first and fifth and then add a second because it's a sus two. So it's taking out the third, suspending it and adding a two. Or sus four, take out the third and add the fourth. Right, so an add, uh, add chord is instead of suspending the third in order to add a note, we're just adding a note. So C major, right, C major triad, uh, and then an add two would add that D like from a sus2, but we also keep the third, unlike a sus2, where we got rid of the third in order to add the second. Um, so that 
is an add chord. Pretty simple, right? Not too hard to understand. So what's it for? Here's how I like to look at things. So I'm going to do a whole podcast on this at some point. And a whole blog post. Because if you forgot or don't know, uh, there's an accompanying blog post for all of these podcasts. Um, which are also very helpful. So check it out. SongwriterTheory.com So, for the most part, think of the triad as the default chord. Because for the most part, when you see chords written, you know, you see, for example, when you see G major, G minor, A sharp major, uh, B flat diminished, all of those are triads. They're just the default chord. In fact, triads are so intrinsically linked with chords um, that often when we say chords, like we'll say something like a C chord. And when we say a C chord, the default that that means, if you say C chord to me, I might ask major or minor, um, but usually I'll assume major. Uh, but I might ask major or minor, but I already know when you say C chord, you're talking about C triad. <coughs> that's the default assumption because that's the default chord, if you will, is a triad. So because of that, the triad is sort of the default balance of enough information to really make a chord have a flavor, to have a color to it, sort of. Um, but it's not too much flavor that it's messy, right? Because it, the tendency is the more notes you add, so if you have like five notes in a chord, it's going to get more colorful. It's going to get more, uh, I'm hesitant to use the word interesting because interesting makes it sound like it's definitely a good thing. Um, and it's, it's definitely not necessarily a good thing. In fact, I would argue any more than four notes in a chord is it starts to get hard to uh, pull off or there's specific things you need to do for it to sound good. Um, well, it depends. There are some that are easier. The point is you need to know what you're doing more if you have five notes in your chord. Um, and then we've talked about dyads before, right? I had a whole podcast about the power of dyads. And the beauty of dyads is they actually have less color, less information than a triad, which allows you to do more interesting things melodically and in other parts of the music because it's a little more vague, right? So a dyad, that's a C dyad, which by the way, if you're a guitarist, a power chord is a dyad because it's just the first and the fifth, right? Because you're, if you're doing a two note power chord, right? Like a G power chord, you're doing the G and the D. Right? You never care about major or minor. Why? Because it doesn't have the third. It's left vague. You don't know whether it's major or minor. The only th way you're going to know that is by the melody and other context clues. The chord itself you're playing on the guitar as a power chord is vague. <coughs> Which is why you can have the same chord progression for a major song and a minor song. And the only difference is how the melody is sung on top. Um, so dyads which are, you know, a triad has three notes, dyads have two notes, they have less uh, color, but that also allows you to do more creatively over the top of it. 
right? Uh, so if you go back to the Dyad podcast, if you haven't listened to it, uh, you'll remember I sort of improvised every note in the scale over a Dyad, and it all sounded like pretty good and fitting because the Dyad was so vague that it didn't feel the need to lock in any notes that much. Whereas a triad, certain notes, if you play over the top of a triad and, and hold for a while, are going to sound kind of weird and out of place because you know, there's more information about what the chord is. There's more color there. There's more uh, um, interest there. Um, so... What, everything we talked about with dyads, right? Less information and how to use that and the beauty of that and why it can be awesome to have less information in your chord uh, between what you can do melodically and other things. Uh, but also the downside, right, is it's less interesting of a chord. So if I play... If I just play this, right? Like this is sort of why, you know, <laughs> less time power chords are distorted and stuff. And a part of that is... Uh, they're not very interesting tonally um, without some help, right? This is a boring chord on its own. At least, like this at least has something to it, right? This is a C major chord, C major triad. But when I just make it a dyad, it just, it's, it's, it's like the very base level chord, right? Like it's, it literally is, right? Because a chord is a combination of notes, and two is the fewest you can have in a combination, right? <clears throat> so anyway, so uh, an add chord is on that sort of opposite side of the spectrum, where if anything, you're going to have a little too much color to work with, which means, um, so say, let's say you have a C major add two chord. So C major and add the two. If you're playing like... An A, or you have an A somewhere in your music playing while this chord is playing, right? Maybe it's a guitar solo. Maybe it's maybe it's a piano part, another piano part. Maybe it's a flute part, something. Maybe it's your melody, right? That's going to start to sound really busy with different notes. Because now, now you have the four notes in the chord, but you also have a fifth note now going on at the same time. Right? And that doesn't actually sound that terrible uh, because, again, you can have definitely up to five. I think it's six where it really starts to sound just bad. Right? At some point, it just sounds like a cat laid down on the piano. Right? So, so the more notes you add, the less like consonants you have the, the less perfect um the agreeance between the notes is but you're also adding color making the chord a little more interesting have an extra flavor so so think like ice cream or or let's look at this uh if you've seen the office or you just are remotely cultured and and know about the michael scott pretzel Right, the the pretzel scene where he's, you know, the the pretzel man lists, I don't know, twenty toppings or something like that, and Michael's like, "Can I have all of them?" 
right? And it's this crazy combination, right? Like chocolate, chocolate fudge, peanut butter, like so far, like, yeah, those all go together. Pretzels, okay, still. Marshmallows, okay, starting to get a little weird. Sprinkles, blueberries, it, I, I don't know if those are right, but like at some point, right, there's too many flavors, right? It's like if you have a smoothie, right? Like there's, there's a certain number of flavors you can have, so maybe you have a, a blueberry acai or how you, however you say that, uh, you know, so two main fl- flavors or blueberry chocolate acai. Okay. Blueberry chocolate banana acai. All right. It's starting to sound a little busy, right? The, at some point you can't add more flavors because it gets too busy and you don't taste any of the single flavors. It's all just kind of a mess. Sorry, I had to drink some water. And so, and that's true of anything, right? Like, there comes a point where it just gets too busy. And there are some exceptions to that, right? Like, for some reason, pizza seems to be the kind of thing where you can just put on as many toppings as you want and it never gets too much. Uh, With some exception, right? Like, you probably don't want, because some places have, like, crepes on pizza or, you know, obviously everywhere has pineapple on pizza. Sorry if that triggered you, but that's a thing. You know, so maybe it goes too far when you have all the meats, all the veggies, and pineapple. Like, what? No, no, it's too many flavor. Like, if you do put pineapple on pizza, it needs to be only with, like, I don't know, ham and one other thing or something like that. Which, by the way, pineapple and ham, like, I, I don't think, I don't think Hawaiian pizza, which is pineapple and ham, uh, it gets too much hate. Like, it's not... Like, I understand... Yes, I, I do think it is the most disappointing of the common pizza combos, by far. Uh, it's But, like, it's literally, like, the two... Two of the l- toppings I would most not want. Outside of something disgusting like anchovies, and I'm not a huge fan of olives. But, like, I like pineapple. And ham's okay. But, like, why why have ham when I can have bacon or sausage? Why have pineapple on a pizza if I can have, like, a meat or vegetable on a pizza, like a mushroom or a, a, a onion? Anyway, going too far down this rabbit hole. The point is, you know, chocolate ice cream with brownies and peanut butter. Oh, greatest ice cream on the planet, right? If you're like me. And like your chocolate and peanut butter, specifically dark chocolate. Um, But chocolate ice cream with brownies, peanut butter, and blueberries? Oh, hmm. It's starting to get weird, right? And I I love the idea. I love blueberries. My favorite smoothie to make here at home is dark chocolate milk, little bit of Greek yogurt, and frozen blueberries. It's incredible. For 200 calories, it's an incredible, decadent, wonderful thing. So blueberry and chocolate is an incredible combination. But I don't want that with peanut butter, too. And it's not hate on peanut butter. I think dark chocolate and peanut butter is the greatest two-flavor combination on planet Earth. Um, and, I, and I already said I love dark chocolate and blueberries. But the blueberries and the peanut butter I don't think would go together. What if you had caramel on top of that, right? Like, all of a sudden, now it's just a mess. Like, what is this ice cream even trying to do? Um, and that's what we need to look at with chords like the add chord, where we, now we have four notes, right? We're starting to get 
you know, we're, we're starting to get to that la layer where it starts to get more interesting and colorful, but you got to be careful because if your melody is going into a whole nother, you know, your melody should lock into your chords or intentionally not lock in or we've talked a little bit about that before. We don't have time to go over that today, but you know, again, the beauty of the dyad is you can almost do anything with the melody within the key and it will work and sound perfectly great. Like you could have a whole song with like a blank dyad, right? So the, whatever the one chord of your key. So if you're in the key of C and you have a, a C dyad, you could almost do a whole song with the C dyad. So a C and a G being your chord. You could do a whole song worth of that. Why? Because it's so... It leaves so much room for other notes to be added in the melody and stuff that you just can do whatever you want. Which, by the way, if you want a little song challenge or you're stuck in songwriting, there's my challenge for you. Uh, pick one chord. Do one dyad. Pick the key. Whatever that key is, do the dyad of that key. So if you pick G major, do a G dyad, which would be a G and a D. And just do a whole song over it. A whole song. Um, and, and then, you know, you might think, oh my goodness, but it's so boring when you play that on the piano, right? Well, don't play it like that. Don't play block chords. You can do something interesting with, like, picking on a guitar, but it's only those two notes. You know, you just go an octave up, right? So maybe it's a... on the guitar or something, you know what I mean? Like, that's still a dyad, because it just went C, G, C. Uh, so there's a little challenge for you, if you're if you're stuck. There you go. You're welcome. Um, <coughs> so, that's something to think about. So, for example, if your song almost feels boring at a certain point, like, it needs more color, because your, your melody... All of your different guitar parts, your flute part, and everything is just locked into this one triad. And it's just too perfect sounding. And it needs a little more angst. It needs a little more color. It needs a little bit more interest. It needs, it needs, it needs a little more motion in there. Um, that's when an add chord can be specifically helpful because then you're adding an extra note. So you're bringing the total uh, note count to four. <coughs> which is more uh, flavorful than three. So you should know the most commonly used add chords are the add two and add nine. Uh, also, if you think about it, an add nine is the same as an add two because an eight, right, because there's, in a scale, right, if you go like this, C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So an eighth, the eighth note is just an octave above, so it's the same note, right? They're both Cs. So a ninth is an octave, so unison plus one. So it's just one octave up. 
So that would be an add nine chord. So some ways to use this, right, is this sort of wants to go back down to this. Right? It kind of wants to resolve to that C because it's a C major chord and there's a D and it just wants to go back down to a C. And that can be a great way to use this, right? Um, and another thing to look at, right, is, is often you want one chord to the, uh, to the other. It can make a smoother transition if they share a note. But some chords don't share notes, right? So from a C major chord, C major triad, to a G major triad, uh, there are no notes shared, right? Just kidding, there is one note shared. I don't know why I said that, that's really obvious. It's a fifth. Um, so they both share, <laughs> wow, I am tired. So they both share the G, obviously. But what if you can make them share another note? What if you added that D that is in a G chord but is not in a C chord and you added that to the C chord? Right? So it, it sort of helps with that transition because there are fewer notes that are moving. Uh, well, actually, there's the same notes that are moving, but there's another note added that, that, that stays the same. And that's just a small example of, of, of how that can work. And if you heard, it actually made that transition to the G chord, it made it sound less interesting, right? That's because now we've upped the ante. We've had that add chord, which has a little bit more flavor to it, right? So, and again, again, it's all contextual though. I've talked about this before. Music is all context, right? A C major chord, you can't tell me a C major chord sounds good. It depends on context. A C major chord and C sharp major will probably sound absolutely atrocious. It will sound horrible. It will sound wrong because it probably is wrong um, because everything in music is context. Um, so it's important to note that. So if you just heard that and you're like, oh, I'm going to just do all add chords, that's when it's going to probably become a mess. So you need to be careful about when to use it and when not to. If you need to add some interest to a chord, especially I find it helpful in the right hand of a piano part, sometimes adding a note can help make the chord a little more colorful, a little more interesting, a little more flavorful. But for the most part, Go out and try stuff. But I will tell you, most common, as I said, are add twos and add nines. Which again, an add nine is an add two, but the two is up the octave. Uh, a little less commonly used, but still used, are add fours and add elevens. Which an add eleven is an add four up the octave. Uh, add sixes are, are definitely more rare, but still used. Um... And then a seventh chord. You've probably heard of seventh chords, right? D major seventh. 
Those are a special type of ad chord because technically they are an ad chord because they're adding the seventh, uh, but they sort of get their own category and someday we'll have a podcast just on seventh chords. Um, but technically they are an add seven chord because they take the triad and then they add the seventh. That is what a seventh chord is. They just have their own name because they're special because the number seven is by far the coolest number from one to eight. Don't at me. Seriously, though, I never, ever, ever check Twitter, so so probably don't at me. I basically realized really quick that it's an extremely toxic, horrible place, so I don't really use it anymore. But if it gets better out there, let me know, because I like the idea of Twitter. What I don't love is following musicians and sports people and stuff, and they talk about literally everything but the stuff I want to hear. It's never interesting insights about music or anything. It's always like, oh, here's my political opinion. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Please stop sharing your uneducated opinions with me. Or even if they are educated, please stop sharing them with me because I don't care. I specifically try to block political crap. Don't bring it in here. Musician or athlete or whatever. Anyway, I hope this was helpful to you. Um, I realize, man, these podcasts are getting longer and longer. And let me know if you like that. Um, Because I feel like they used to average around 20 minutes and now they've been averaging more like 35. Uh, So if you're like, "Uh, yeah, please go back to the shorter. I only have so much time. Let me know. Email me. If you like it how it is, email me. Um, Let me know. The more of you that let me know, the more influence you'll have. Because if only one person emails me and says 20 minutes is better, I'll be like, "Um, I don't know. Is that how everybody feels or is this just the one guy that wants that? So that, that just, but let me know. Reach out to me. Tell me. And if you haven't, Uh, Please leave a review if you feel that you can give this podcast five stars. Uh, Specifically on iTunes would be very, very, very helpful uh, to leave a review. If you feel like you can't give it five stars, please don't tank the algorithms and all that stuff. Uh, Don't don't dissuade people from coming to this podcast by giving it a low rating. Uh, I'm here to help you, so all I ask is if you don't feel you can give it five stars... If it's so bad that you don't want to ever listen to a podcast from me again, uh, then just, you know, go listen to somebody else's podcast. That's fine. No hard feelings. Uh, Nobody's personality is for everyone. Nobody's teaching style is for everyone. I understand that. You don't have to like me. If you do, awesome. Great. Uh, If you don't, that's okay, too. Um, But please don't ruin the algorithm by giving it a low rating. If... You feel that this can be improved. If you feel that, uh, I like it, I'm going to keep tracking with it, but I feel it's more of a three or four stars that I would give it. Um, In that case, just email me, joseph at songwritertheory.com, and tell me how I can improve uh, so that I can earn five stars from you. And then just don't leave a review uh, until I have gotten better, and then you are like, oh, now he does deserve five stars. And if that day comes, then leave a review. I appreciate all of you who have left a review. Um, I, last I checked, I had shouted out everybody that I had seen personally. If I have not shouted out uh, to you, given you a shout out, then it means I have not looked recently enough. 
and uh, if it's on iTunes, also I can't see if you if you just leave stars, I can't see your name. I can only see your name if you leave like an actual comment with it, like a review, rather than just giving it five stars. Um, so that's why I have not given a shout out to those people by name because I don't know what their names are. But I still appreciate you. Last I checked, there were three five stars that were given on iTunes at least. Um, and one person had left a awesome comment. Um, and, and if, if you did it on another podcasting platform, that is also appreciated. Uh, but I usually don't see those cause I don't even know all the platforms that this podcast is on if I'm being really honest. Uh, so in that case, I just don't know, but if you want a shout out or you want the credit or you just want to reach out to me and say, Hey, just so you know, I did leave a review. Uh, again, Joseph at songwritertheory.com. And if you were confused by anything in this podcast or you're ready to take the dive and learn even simpler music theory concepts that are much, much, much more important uh, than we, what we covered today because they're fundamental to everything else, like the triads and I mentioned keys and stuff like that, again, totally free guide, songwritertheory.com slash free guide, or sorry, that is a different free guide. You can also get a free guide there, <laughs> but that's about 10 different ways to start writing a song, uh, which is also very helpful, especially if you're in a rut or if you always write songs in the same process over and over and you want to diversify your process. Um, but anyway, the one I'm talking about is songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. Totally free. We'll teach you those four pillars. Even has little quizzes in there. I even inform you how to get the most out of it. So I literally have a little tiny guide to the guide at the beginning to make sure you get the most out of it because I really want you to learn. And the more of you that do that, the more comfortable I can feel not constantly clarifying, okay, here's what a triad is again for the millionth time. Um, I'll probably have to keep doing that forever. Uh, but I want to at least know that I can graze over that quickly so that I don't bore those of you who do know those basics that I teach you for absolutely free at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. Have an awesome week, and I will talk to you next week. And hey, I forgot to mention this before you go. And that is I alluded to another project that I've been working on that you might be interested in. Um... And this is sort of a pro unlike songwriter theory, which obviously is for songwriters and is very specific and who would be interested in this. Uh, this is the type of thing that I think most anybody could be interested in. Um, but that is for you and everyone else to determine. So it's a project that I'm doing with my friend Carlo. And it's called uh, our our thing is called Magic Droid Creations. Not that you care about that, but our show, uh, which had the first episode come out uh, the first Thursday in January, and it will be out every single Thursday. So, like these podcasts come out every Monday. If you don't have enough of Joseph and you want more content from me, even if it's not necessarily about songwriting, uh, you can see new content from me every Thursday. And you can even see me talk because they're videos uh, on YouTube. Uh, called the Mount Rushmore of everything, where we are on the quest to find the Mount Rushmore of everything. So, for example, the first episode is sitcoms, uh, where we dis discuss what would be on the Mount Rushmore of sitcoms, what those four are, the most important, the most iconic uh, sitcoms of all time. 
Uh, and we take different factors, so it's not just a top 10 or, or I should say a top four. So it's a little different. It's a little different way of looking at it. So if that seems like something interesting to you, if you just Google Mount Rushmore of sitcoms, I believe right now we're the first search result. If you search Mount Rushmore of everything, we are the third search result right now. Uh, we're called Magic Droid Creations. I'll have a link to our channel in the description if you are curious and want to check it out. Again, there will be a new video out every Thursday we just started um so be patient i promise they get uh, a lot better very quickly as we figure out what the heck we're doing um but yeah first one sitcoms some upcoming ones are like star wars characters and pies the second one is pies so that will be out by the time this podcast is out um and I don't remember if I, I think even uh, the Star Wars characters will be out by the time this podcast is out. So anyway, check out that channel if you're interested at all. Uh, and as always, if you haven't left a review on this podcast, it's even easier to drop a like on the video. So if you do check it out, please help us out. Put a comment in there. Subscribe if you're interested. Uh, and then drop a like if you enjoy it. Uh, so that you can help us with the YouTube algorithm so that we can continue to make content and get better and better at what we do over there at Magic Droid Creations. All right, now I will talk to you next week for real. Have an awesome week.